Welcome to Big Time Basketball, the basketball segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'll be your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Mete, Nate, and Terry. What's up, guys? So, so, All right, in today's episode, uh, we're just going to jump into uh, lots of basketball, uh, both from the weekend and from Monday night. Uh, then we'll uh, do some series recaps for round one in the NBA playoffs and then head off to our predictions for round two. And then we'll finish off the episode with taking a look at some games up ahead for Tuesday and Wednesday night. So, guys, let's just get right into it. Uh, starting with uh, Saturday night, um, there was just one game. Uh, it was the game one of the Brooklyn Nets Milwaukee Bucks series. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets taking this game 115 to 107. Obviously, the major storyline from this game was that James Harden did get injured in this game and uh, he did not return. Um, just taking a look at some of the scoring leaders here. Um, Yanis led the Bucks with 34 points. Kevin Durant adding 29 for Brooklyn. Uh, Blake Griffin uh, leading Brooklyn with 14 rebounds. And Middleton adding 13 for the Bucks. Uh, Drew Holiday had six assists to lead Milwaukee. And Kyrie Irving had eight to lead Brooklyn. Um, Terry, let me start with you. Um, I guess, um, what did you like from Brooklyn in this first game, even without uh, James Harden? Uh, they were just consistent with their shots. I mean, if you got playmakers like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on your team, you shouldn't have a problem with just probably dishing it to an open guy. And guys like Joe Harris just made his shots. He went seven for 11 this game and five for nine from the three-point line. I mean, when you have stuff like that going on for you as role players, it's going to be a perfect combination. And then let's not forget their acquisition at the, I believe, the buyout market, Blake Griffin, for once, he actually had a decent game. He, I believe he had um, 14 rebounds and 18 points, something like that. And if you can get that from a guy that's probably labeled as injury-prone, I mean, you're doing a great job in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with all of that. And, um, Mate, I'll just get to you on the box here. Um I know Chris Middleton had a rough game shooting. He, I believe he went 6 for 23 from the field. Uh, do the Bucs have any chance in this series um, from what you've seen so far? Um, if they're going to have any chance in this series, they just have to keep up with the Nets uh, scoring-wise because I don't see them like slowing down the Nets anyway uh, defensively, especially with the loss of Dante DiVincenzo. He's not like the best offensive player, but he's a really solid um, defender for the wing position. So that's a big loss for them. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely noticeable in game one. And uh, finally, Nate, I'll get to you. Um, I know Terry brought up uh, Blake Griffin a little bit, but I, I want to sort of expand on that. Um, I mean, does Brooklyn have another big three? Like Harden goes down and then Griffin just explodes? Like, uh, is that how deep this team is? Like, are they just like rotating guys in and they're just like performing at an unreal pace? Like, I don't know. What do you think first off of Blake Griffin? And then I guess this Nets team as a whole. I mean, this Nets team as a whole, you could kind of say that they have like a big four or a big five at this point. I mean, basically Joe Harris, he's a solid starter. Blake Griffin, He's still a start, solid starter in this league, even though he's not necessarily an all-star. He's he's like one of those players that are kind of like looking in. And then obviously you have KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. So, I mean, even if like another player goes down, they still, they could probably still win the series. That's how deep they are. Yeah, just uh, noticing from their play, they just, they can pretty much outpace any team. They can pretty much outscore any team. Uh, they're just really rolling in rhythm right now. And I think they're going to be uh, very tough to beat uh, both in this round and in the coming rounds if they get past. So um, yeah, let's just move to Sunday's games here. Um, I believe there were two games. I will start with the first one. It was game one of the series between Philadelphia and Atlanta. I know Joel Embiid was definitely not 100% in this game, but it didn't matter. He still dropped 39 points to lead the 76ers. Um, Trey Young adding 35 for the Hawks. Clint Capella added 10 rebounds for the Hawks with Tobias Harris coming in to lead the Sixers with 10 as well. 
and both Trey Young and Ben Simmons had 10 assists for their respective teams. But Atlanta does come out on top 128 to 124. Um, Nate, I'm actually going to start with you here. Just looking at the first quarter, Atlanta dominated this game 42 to 27 in the first quarter. Um, Philly had no business being in this game after a quarter like that. They still managed to come back a little bit. But um, I guess what did you like from the Hawks to sort of start this game? Um, I mean, I guess it looked like they kind of started out strong. Um, the Hawks have um, really good scoring overall. So um, when they're... When their threes are going in, it's um, pretty hard to stop them, and they can kind of take the pace um, really early on. But I guess Philly was able to find a way around that. Yeah, I mean, just looking at some of their stats here, like Trey Young, four threes, Bogdanovich, five threes, John Collins went three for four there. I know Solomon Hill added two, Lou Williams added two. I mean, their players are just dropping three-pointers like crazy in this game. Kevin Herter had three. So, I mean, like when you're when you're consistently making shots from three, you're pretty much putting the other team at a disadvantage at that point. And um, I guess, Terry, getting to you on the Sixers, um, Embiid pretty much looked like himself, even though he clearly was not 100%. Honestly, what do the Sixers need to do at this point to sort of get a win in this series? Honestly, just fix up on your uh, charity stripe numbers. I mean, those are the easy baskets. No one's going to be blocking you. No one's going to be doing anything to contest your shot. Uh, they went 24 for 35, so basically around maybe high 60s at the moment. If Ben Simmons fixes his charity stripe shot, I mean, these guys could have easily tied this game or even sent it into overtime. Um, not just Ben Simmons alone. I mean, probably uh, I hate nitpicking on role players, but I mean, if Maxi made at least two of his charity stripe numbers to make it an even 100, I mean, they may have made it into overtime and not just charity stripe numbers alone. You got to fix up on um, shot selection as well. I mean, Danny Green, unfortunately, he went two for seven. Uh, Maxi went two for eight. And having said that, I mean, just fix up on the mistakes and then you'll probably send this into a longer series. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like it's nitpicking when your team didn't win the game. I mean, you got to definitely look back and see what went wrong. Ben Simmons obviously cannot be three for 10 uh, from the line. I mean, he had a perfect field goal, so he had no reason to be shooting like that from the line. You mentioned Danny Green, 0 for 4 from 3. That's not acceptable for a three-point specialist. He's definitely got to clean that up and others that you mentioned. But, uh, Mete, just getting to you, I know you loved the Hawks last round. Um I know we'll get into series uh, round two predictions, but um, I guess what are your early thoughts on the Hawks? And I guess uh, what do you feel like their chances are of, I guess, winning this series? Um, my early thoughts on the Hawks, uh, like this is a big surprise win for them on the road. It's a big win for them. Um, stealing game one. Uh, I honestly don't expect them to win this series, but them winning game one gives them a chance, actually. So uh, if they can continue to play like this offensively, like their starters were all in double digits except Solomon Hill. And like I said, I was telling you guys how deep these guys were, and it proves that when you got like two or three-time uh, six-man-of-the-year award winner, Lou Williams playing 11 minutes, it just shows you how deep they are. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that you said there. This team is definitely deeper than people give them credit for, and they definitely proved that uh, in Sunday's game. Um, there was a second game on Sunday, and it was the Game 7 of the Round 1 series between the LA Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. I know Dallas did start out pretty strong in this game, but they couldn't close it out. The Clippers win 126-111. to um, Luka Doncic had 46 points to lead the Mavericks. I mean, uh, he... He was not the reason that this team lost, clearly. Um, Kawhi Leonard led the Clippers with 28. Uh, Porzingis added 11 rebounds to lead the Mavericks, with Kawhi adding 10 for the Clippers. Uh, Luka added 14 assists to lead the Mavericks, with Paul George adding 10 for the Clippers. Um, actually, Mete, I will start with you here on the Clippers. I guess just what are your thoughts on this game and I guess the series as a whole? Um, this series was... Way too close, I feel like. like um, my original prediction was Clippers in five, so 
I wasn't expecting it to go seven. Um, my thoughts on this game, Kawhi almost with a triple-double, like, he went beast mode this game. Uh, 2019 Kawhi. Um, Marcus Morris also had a really good game. Uh, seven of nine from three, that really helps them. But Toom even, uh, ever since they started playing him at the center in the starting position, I feel like they've won way more games and it really worked out for them. So it was a great adjustment by Tyron Lue. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, since the beginning of the year when Nick Batum was given a starter role, I feel like that a lot of people were surprised by it, but I guess it's really paying off now in the playoffs. And um, Terry, I'm going to get to you on Dallas here. Um, I guess just what are your thoughts? Um, I wouldn't fault Luca at all for this series. I guess maybe what could Dallas have done to potentially have won this series? Um, first off, I would like to say I completely agree with you. Luca doesn't deserve any of the blame. Uh, <clears throat> I'm telling you, some of these guys from Europe, they have a different uh, mentality when it comes to playoff games. Uh, sometimes you see Giannis with a sweep, and then you see Luka Doncic just trying to fight off these Clippers. Um, to your main question, uh, where they could have done better. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr., he didn't make his shots. Uh, one for nine from three, five for 14 from the field. Um, Marjanovic, I mean, he was a great uh, spot, especially in 31 minutes he had played. Kristaps Porzingis, six for 12, 0 for five from three. He at least made it all four of his cherry stripe shots, which is great. Um, having said that, I mean, uh, it's just a supporting cast around him. I mean, the bench didn't really score that much. I think Jalen Brunson probably uh, converted one of his shots. And then you have Dwight Powell. He probably converted a couple of his shots. But outside of that, I can't really think of who else made a shot off the bench. Um, aside from that, I mean, uh, I think it was just a field goal problem with Dallas that night. Uh, aside from that, even though they shot 49 as a team, they couldn't get the stops on the Clippers' side of the ball. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was a man possessed this series for the past two games, and it shows you. I believe he had over probably 75 points in the past two games, and he wanted to close the series out. Yeah, I mean, if my memory serves me right, like in the regular season, Josh Richardson was averaging like give or take 11 points per game and he has zero in this game. They can't even trust him with enough minutes. So, I mean, there are some issues right there with depth, I guess, on this team. Uh, their depth just really didn't come to play. Um, and yeah, I know a lot of people have had questions, I guess, on poor Zingis. Um, I guess I'll get to you on that, Nate. Uh, do you think Porzingis, I guess, is the right player to compliment Luca on this team? Um, I'd like to still think that he is. Um, you you need a player on on the inside who can score reliably. And uh Porzingis, in theory, he should be able to shoot the three. He didn't have the greatest night tonight, but um if he's fully healthy then um he's probably like a 20 point per game scorer at least and he did get a double double this game game as well so i mean not necessarily the best game from porzingis but um i don't think he played to his potential yeah i definitely think so uh, as well and um yeah just looking at the clippers one more time i think that uh this team is a very good uh, squad they just had a little bit of a scare uh, against the Mavericks in this series. I know people expected them to win um, quicker than they did, and I guess that didn't happen. So I guess just moving forward, the Clippers should be playing with a little bit more confidence, I think. But um, let's just get to uh, Monday's recap here. It was game two of the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series. Brooklyn won this game handily without James Harden, 125-86. to 86. This was like a almost a 40-point win. That's how insane this Brooklyn team is playing. Kevin Durant, 32 points to lead the Nets. Uh, Yanis adding 18 to lead the Bucs. Um, Yanis actually had the double-double. Um, he had uh, 11 rebounds as well uh, to lead the team with Blake Griffin adding eight for the Nets. Yanis uh, adding four assists to lead his team and Kyrie Irving adding six uh, for Brooklyn. And um, I, I guess, Nate, I will start with you on this game and I will start on the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, this team just didn't lose a beat 
again without James Harden, this team just pretty much went to work and was just dominant. What do you think about their performance? Um, I mean, it looks like when they're on, there's like pretty much no way to stop them. They're they have so many good scores that it basically comes down to um, who can outscore the other team and the Nets. Clear, clearly, they were able to outscore the Bucks this game. Yeah, um, it's just looking really tough for the Bucks right now. Terry, let me get to you. Um, pretty much, Yanis is doing everything in this game. He led the team in every major category. Um, I mean, I don't think you can put this loss on him, but then at the same time, yeah, no one else stepped up behind him. So I don't know whether that that belongs to him, whether that belongs to the coaching, where the blame is assigned there. But I guess what do the Bucks need to do to even get a win in this series? A real tough question. I mean, this is Brooklyn we're talking about right now. Um, if you're looking for some key points to go home with and probably, uh, I don't even know. Um, Middleton at least led the scoring right behind Giannis with 17 points. I mean, if you're looking for some criticism on Middleton, fix your shot. But, I mean, you can't say something to that when you you got guys like Bruce Brown and uh, TLC guarding you sometimes. Uh, if you're looking for bench scoring, I mean, Bobby Portis only went one for five. Uh, who else? Can't really – I just feel like they're going up against a tougher team. I mean, this is Brooklyn. Uh, Mike James is on off coming off the bench. I mean, Nicholas Claxton as well. I mean, these guys ain't no scrubs. Uh, I just feel like when you go against Kevin Durant, a seven-foot player that can basically dribble like a guard and shoot like a wing player, you're going to have a rough series. And unfortunately, they're having that right now. Um, you don't really rely on P.J. Tucker to score for you. I mean, he only had two points, but I don't expect him to score more than eight a night. Um, Drew Holiday scored 13. Uh, aside from that, Brooke Lopez with 10. Just hope for your starting five to score more points and hold off guys like Joe Harris and Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown to score. That's all I can say right now. Yeah, I mean, because pretty much limiting any of the big three in this series is going to be tough. So I guess limiting the supporting cast can definitely uh, give do you service. But um, yeah, this this Brooklyn team is just insane. Like over 50% in both field goal and three-point percentage. Like, uh, I mean, over 85% free throws. Like this team, they just clearly outplayed the box. The box were under 50% in all three of those categories, which is very unacceptable, especially in the free throw. You definitely cannot be under 50% in that. And then just getting to you, Mete, um, I mean, is Brooklyn good enough to sweep this box team? Um, definitely, they're good enough to sweep the Bucks team. I don't know if the, if it will happen because the Bucks just need one game to uh, get lucky and win one, you know. But honestly, like if they're not putting up a hundred or more, there's no chance they're gonna win this game. Like we were saying, this team is so deep; they can get scoring from even their bench, guys like Mike James, TLC, even. Uh, they're just showing how unfair they are. Um, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous when you don't have James Harden, you don't have Jeff Green. I mean, they have players out and they're still dominating like the way that they are. This team is just incredibly deep, incredibly efficient, whether it's from the three-point line or the free throw line or wherever they're pulling up. I mean, Kevin Durant was pulling up from everywhere uh, in the game on Monday night. He was just unreal. Um yeah, this team is just going to be incredibly tough to stop going forward. And um, so I guess speaking of a team, second half that was incredibly tough to stop, that was the Phoenix Suns. They come up with a win in game one of their series, 122 to 105 over the Denver Nuggets. Mikael Bridges leading his team with 23 points. Jokic adding 22 for the Nuggets. Jermichael Green, 11 rebounds for the Nuggets. And DeAndre Ayton having 10 to lead the Suns. Uh, Cam Pazzo adding six assists for the net or for sorry for the nuggets and uh chris paul adding 11 to lead the suns um nate let me get to you 
on the Phoenix Suns. I know the Nuggets started off well in this game, but I, I guess how do you feel about the, the way the Suns came back and got this win? Um, I noticed that the Suns, um, they had a pretty consistent scoring overall. They've been close to 30 points per for each quarter. Um, I think first and second quarter was like 28-29. The third quarter was 31. And the fourth quarter was 34. So um, they didn't have any like um, noticeable drop-offs. Um, the Nuggets, they had a scoring dip in the third quarter. So I'm guessing that the Suns were able to kind of take control of the pace in the third quarter and kind of just ride that into the fourth to take the win. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, these Sun scores were also very consistent. I mean, they're starting five, four of them at over 20 points. And the one that didn't, Jay Crowder, he went 14, five and one. So, I mean, this guy, he even had a pretty good game as well. Like this team is just so solid, whether it's in their starting five, even in their depth, they're pretty solid as well. I mean, guys like Tory Craig, Dario Saric and others adding points. So, I mean, uh, you can't fault this Suns team at all. They're very solid all the way through. And I guess um, Terry getting to you on Denver. Um, I mean, do you think Jokic needs to produce more? Who do you think uh, needs to step up if they want to win games in the series? A lot of lying on guys like Frank Robazzo and Austin Rivers in your starting five. You're hoping that guys like Austin Rivers can convert his shots more. I mean, two for, uh, two for seven, one for four from the field. Uh, to some people, that's considered average, especially if you're coming off the bench. But as a starter, you got to improve that. Um, Composo, 14 and 6. I mean, you can't fault him on that. Even the bench did great. Um, Paul Millsap, he came off the bench in 13 minutes, 4 for 6. Uh, Jermichael Green had a nice double-double off the bench. And then I believe, unfortunately, Monty Morris, 1 for 10. I mean, if you're not converting your shots, you're hurting them. Um, if you're looking something to pick up from last game, just limit the starters uh, shooting. I mean, Chris Paul, he had 20. I mean, you basically said it. Everyone had 20 points besides Jay Crowder. So just limit their opportunities uh, in the starting five and just keep holding the bench to less than, I believe, seven points a night per player. And I believe you'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, that's definitely something the Nuggets need to work on for next game. And then I guess just Mete getting to you on this Suns team. I mean, um, they really like, I mean, I guess for parts of that Lakers series, they just kind of looked a little bit average, but I mean, they're really asserting themselves as a dominant team. Um, I guess, uh, do you think the Nuggets can come back in this series or do you think Phoenix has pretty much got a, a hold on it? Um, I've been kind of sleeping on the Suns, I feel like. So I'm going to take them here. I don't think the Nuggets will be able to win this series. And I just want to talk about, like you were saying, how the starting five had 20 points. I also want to give them some love. Uh, four or five of them shot over 57% from the field goal, which is ridiculous. Like, these guys were taking great shots all game and just knocking them down. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's not even like Booker had to do much from three like he normally does. I mean, the guy went one for four from three, but his field goal was very excellent. Uh, eight for 12. I mean, uh, other guys, Chris Paul went eight for 14. I mean, these guys are just making clutch shots. Um, and most of their free throws are like perfect. So, I mean, um, I know Terry's always mentioning uh, about the, you know, when you get to the line, that's like free points, right? They call it the charity stripe. So, I mean, you got to take those, you got to bury those, right? Um, the Suns did a great job of that in this game. Um, four out of their five starters were perfect. And I mean, that's what you can, that's what you need to expect from your starters, you know, just to, to bury it. That, that really hurts the other team, obviously, when you're putting those kind of buckets in. So definitely credit to the Suns there. And um, I guess we can just move on to, um, I guess, the series recap for round one. So um, I guess let's just start in the West here. Um, we have the Utah Jazz um, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Utah won the series 4-1. Um, I guess I'll just quickly get to everyone. I'll start with you, Mete. Um, I guess, who did you have winning this series? And I guess, how did it turn out? I did have Utah. I just can't remember how many games I put it in I feel like maybe I took a sweep so maybe it was a game off uh 
Yeah, it just went the way I expected it, especially with Mitchell coming back. After that, the Grizzlies had no chance. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Nate, what about you for the series? Um, I feel like I might have been a game off too. I thought like Memphis, maybe they had maybe two games in them. Um, but I was hoping that like John Morant and uh, JV would be able to do something, but uh, they were only able to get one game off. Um, Utah's just really solid. Um, both their starters and their bench, so it's uh, really hard to keep up with them. So yeah. And then getting to you, Terry, on this series, what did you have, and I guess how did it turn out? Taught six, I felt like Memphis would have been able to steal a game, especially with Donovan Mitchell out. And I assumed they would have stolen another game, but unfortunately, I was wrong. Basically, once Mitchell came back, they basically swept them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had Utah in for um, if they had Mitchell in game one. Obviously, they didn't have Mitchell in game one, so they lost it. But as soon as he came back, they did sweep the rest of the series. So I was partially correct on that. Um, yeah, Utah just played out of their minds. I think they're one of the best teams in the league right now. They definitely have a great chance of winning the championship this year. We'll definitely have to see how um, that that sort of happens going forward. But definitely an, uh, a strong series win for the Jazz. And then moving to the 4-5 in the West, um, we briefly touched on this series. It was the LA Clippers against the Dallas Mavericks. Clippers obviously winning it in seven games, 4-3. to three. This time, Nate, I'm going to start with you. I guess, who did you have winning and how did it sort of turn out? I thought Dallas was going to take this, I think, um, mainly because of uh, last season, Dallas was able to get a win against the Clippers. But um, this season, um, I guess everybody was really solid. Uh, Paul George really came back. He's officially playoff P now. <laughs> um, you can't really sleep on him no more. And I think uh, the adjustment that they made to kind of uh, go small really worked against Dallas. They were able to push, push the pace. And even though they put in um, Marjanovic and I think he was pretty effective, it still wasn't really enough. Um, yeah. Just the Clippers were able to push the pace and dominate. Yeah, for sure. Definitely some great adjustments there. And I'll get to you, um, Terry, on this series. Um, I guess, who did you have and how did it turn out? I believe I had um, Clippers in six, having said that. Um, I believe the away teams until great game seven won every single game, which was kind of annoying. So um, having said that, uh, Luka Doncic played like a man possessed, just willing this Dallas Mavericks team into every single game. I mean, 35 points, basically eight rebounds and 10 assists every for the series average. I mean... He was doing everything, and it basically made better's nights of living out, if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, and I mean, it's crazy that, um, you know, the Clippers, they were down in this series. They were able to come back. And um, just getting to you, Mete, um, I believe you also had the Clippers. I don't know how many games you had them in, but I guess how did that turn out? Yeah, I had Clippers in five, and boy this series was actually really close um luca really gave the clippers a scare he was playing amazing yeah um definitely i had the clippers in six uh definitely went to seven dallas could have easily won the series in six if they were able to finish it out at home so i mean um yeah both of these teams played really solid i'm not going to fault luca at all he was probably the best player in this series um just based on how he played and um I'll just get to you um, first, Mete, this time on the Portland-Denver series. I believe you had Portland in this series. Obviously, Denver wins it 4-2. I guess just what are your thoughts on the series? Yeah, I had uh, Portland in seven here. I'm really disappointed in them. Like I told you guys, this was my playoff team. Uh, I don't know. It looks like there's big changes coming for Portland now that they fired Terry Stotts, and I feel like they're going to be trading – McCollum or even like a Nurkic in the offseason so big changes coming to Portland I feel like yeah I mean I kind of like their roster I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock them there they had a good roster they just didn't play well I mean um, they just were really dominated 
by guys like Jokic and, and Porter and so on. Um, uh, Terry, I'll get to you this time. Um, I guess on this series, um, you had uh, Denver winning. They did come through. I don't know how many games you picked them to win in, but um, I guess um, what did you think about Denver in this series? We had Denver in probably six. I think my safe bet was six from the majority of these series, so I believe it was six just to finalize. Um, Denver, on the other hand, uh, they did great, but in the games they lost, I mean, you can tell that a few of their starters, whether it be Austin Rivers or Frank Campazzo, I mean, they probably didn't, uh, how should I say this? They probably didn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Help me out. Field goal percentages, as I'm saying for most of these series, I mean, when you convert those on a consistent uh, percentage, I mean, you're going to do a great job of uh, holding the other team to lesser points. And having said that, I believe the Nuggets did a good job in that in the four games they won. Um, with the Blazers, on the other hand, I believe they had a great team. They basically surprised me in the two games they won. And um, we're about to see changes down in Oregon. Yeah, for sure. Um, you're right about that. The two games Denver lost, they were not shooting up to par with what uh, they normally do. Um, I guess, uh, Nate, getting to you also on this series, um, I believe you also had Denver. I don't know how many games you had them, but I guess how did the series turn out for you? Originally, I had um, Denver in six, and I changed it to seven when I saw that um, Portland was, um, I guess, like uh, pretty hot. But they ended up getting cold, and that was kind of like my concern for Portland. Um, their starters, they uh, they get their buckets every night, but um, in terms of bench, like they do have some depth, but they have a tendency of going cold. Um, I think Ennis Cantor, he's had some good games, but he's had some games where he didn't play to his potential. Um, I believe um, Anthony Simmons, he's another player that he can get 20 points and then he'll just go cold the next game. So I think outside of like um, Carmelo, who's like, he's been consistent the entire series. They need someone else who can kind of bring that consistency um, on the bench. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I also had Portland in seven. Obviously, Portland didn't win this series. Um, Denver was clearly the better team in the games that they won, and they won more of those games, obviously. So uh, definitely a good series for the Nuggets. Um, and then just getting into the 2-7 series from the West, um, Phoenix Suns being the LA Lakers 4-2. Um, this time, Mete, I will start with you. I believe you had the Lakers taking this series. And I guess how many games did you have them? I put Lakers for sure. Um, I think I did six or five games. But I'm just going to use the Anthony Davis excuse. Like, we didn't know he's going to go down twice. So uh, that's why I think phoenix one here <laughs> no i mean i can't fault you for that obviously i picked the lakers as well i picked them in six and i mean yeah anthony davis i mean the guy's a game breaker like let's just be real about it uh if he's fully healthy this guy can pretty much take over a game at will um in my opinion i believe uh, he's more in his prime than lebron is right now and yeah i think that definitely he he's the guy that, uh, you know, if the Lakers needed someone to take control of the series, he would be the guy to do it. And obviously he wasn't on the court for a, a enough minutes um, or even enough games to be able to get that done. So um, yeah, Terry, I'll just get to you on what your prediction was for this series. Uh, I believe I had Lakers in six. I said how the Suns would steal a couple games, but I didn't know they would steal the whole entire series. Having said that, I mean, the Phoenix Suns play like the better team. There's some nights on the Lakers where I believe it was just LeBron uh, being the only player that sh shot at least 20 points. And the rest of the team probably shot around maybe 15 or less. And when you have role players like Drummond, Schroeder, um, Montrezl Harold, I could list the rest, but uh, I don't have enough time. Um, having said that, I mean, when they're not scoring over 10 points, I mean, it's going to be detrimental to your team. And unfortunately, they lost the series in the first round. Yeah, um, Nate, just getting to you, I believe you were one of the few people that had Phoenix, am I right? And how many games did you have them winning in? Um, I thought it would either be in six, 
either in six or seven. Um, I mean, Phoenix was the higher seed. They have really consistent scoring. Um, Chris Paul, he really took this team to like another level. And Devin Booker, he had a really great series as well. Um, I don't think they were able to even slow him down. He would just walk walk down the court and he's basically like the Jason Tatum of the West. It doesn't really matter what kind of defense you put on him. Even if you force him to make a tough shot, he'll still make it. So I guess just the scoring of the Suns in general is just really consistent and the Lakers didn't have that kind of um, consistent scoring. I think LeBron ended up um, playing a little bit more passive trying to get um other people around him to score but they just weren't able to do that ad was injured lebron wasn't fully healthy either um so yeah that's that's kind of my thoughts yeah i mean like when you have caruso and caldwell pope as your secondary scorers i mean you definitely have some issues there that you need to address um and then as for phoenix yeah i mean chris paul is like one of the best floor generals in the league this guy was able to efficiently run the offense, even not being at 100%. So imagine if he is at 100%, how good this Phoenix Suns team could be. Hopefully he gets healthier in the series moving forward. Um, all right, let's just get to the Eastern Conference in round one. Um, obviously, Philly won, won their series 4-1 over the Wizards. Uh, Terry, I'll start with you. I guess, what was your prediction? How did it work out? Philly in five. I mean, um, front court of 76 is uh, way superior compared to the Washington Wizards. I mean, without Thomas Bryant in this Wizards lineup, I feel like they were severely lacking at the five spot, even though Thomas Bryant isn't the equivalent of a Joel Embiid as of yet. We're going to see that if he is healthy. Um, having said that, uh, Sixers were just a better team. Yeah, for sure. And um, getting to you, Nate, um, on this uh, Philly series, I guess, who did you have winning and I guess how many games? I think I had Philly in six. Um, I felt like the addition of Westbrook should have taken some pressure off of Beal and it did take some pressure off of Beal, but um, still just kind of the two of them. It's not just the two of them. They have uh, some good young talent as well. And like players like Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura. But it just wasn't enough to kind of keep up um, with Philly. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Mete, just getting to you, I'm pretty sure you had Philly winning, but I guess how many games did you have them winning in? Yeah, I think I had a sweep for Philly. Um, honestly, there's not much to say about this series. Uh, Washington, I believe, had a good season, especially with the start they had. Like, they were really they had a really tough start i think they were like 15 games 10 games below 500 at one point so for them to even make the playoffs i think is a big success for them yeah for sure i definitely think that as well i did have philly in four in this series obviously mb going down in game four hurt that prediction but um they were able to rebound in game five uh, i guess which is a testament to their depth i guess at the five spot and um just getting to the 4-5 series in the East, we had Atlanta winning that 4-1. This time, Mete, I will start with you because you picked Atlanta to win this series. I guess, how many games did you pick them to win in? And I guess, were you surprised with it? Um, I'm not surprised with the outcome. I'm just surprised with the amount of games it took. I had them the Hawks in seven games. I think a big part of why the Knicks played so poor was because Randall's efficiency was way down. Uh I was noticing every game, I think he was shooting below like 40% every game. So that was a big uh, blow for New York. Yeah, for sure. Um, New York just didn't look like the same team from the regular season that was efficient, efficiently defending and scoring at the same time. And um, Terry, just getting to you, I believe you had the Knicks in this series. I guess, how did how many games did you predict? And I guess, what do you think of the series? We've had the Knicks in seven. Um, I just overestimated their defense. Yes, they held the Hawks to a lower scoring standard that they're used to. But having said that, if you're if you can hold them to a certain outcome, you have to match them with their offense. And unfortunately, the Knicks couldn't do that. Uh, 
sometimes players that just come into the playoffs have those playoff jitters. And I feel like that's what this Knicks squad had to deal with. I mean, it was almost a decade ago when we seen the Knicks in the playoffs. And having said that, um, I feel like a couple of their guys weren't uh, adjusted to the playoff lights. Derrick Rose is the vet. And then I believe he was one of the main reasons why these games or some of these games are more close than they should be. And I feel like they're going to do great next year. Yeah, for sure. It's always tough for those young teams to sort of get accustomed to playoff basketball as quick. So definitely something we can look forward to for next year. Um, Nate, just getting to you, I believe you had the Knicks also. And I guess, how did you, uh, what did you think of this series? I think I also thought the Knicks could take it in seven games as well, also because of their defense. Um, I think they were one of the best defensive teams in the East, if not the entire league during the regular season. But um, the the Hawks, they were just hot from three. They were able to just kind of take the pace using the three. And um, I would still consider this a, a success by the Knicks, um, even though they didn't make it past the first round considering they weren't even able to make the playoffs like the year before and like for the entire decade. So this isn't necessarily like um, a bad year for them, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, it does make sense. I mean, I had the Knicks in seven as well. Um, I just thought that their defense, you know, would sort of step up and sort of, uh, you know, just get things done. Obviously, it, it didn't happen, and obviously the offense for Atlanta just pretty much uh, was too much. Uh, for the Knicks, they definitely couldn't outscore Atlanta in this series, so um, definitely good on the Hawks. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was going to be a seven-game series, but it clearly didn't go that way. So, um, yeah, like I said, good on Atlanta. They're looking like a really strong team moving forward, and I believe we did take a look at this series already, but we'll just look at it one more time. Um, it was the uh, Milwaukee Bucks sweeping the Miami Heat for zip. Um, I'll just get to you, Terry, first on it. I guess what was your prediction for the series and what did you think of the series entirely? Uh, Bucks in six, and I believe they just swept this Miami Heat team. Um, they just made their adjustments from last year and they capitalized with the sweep. And I feel like the Miami Heat weren't expecting adjustments. And having said that, uh, you were punished for that by getting swept out in the first round. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Nate, getting to you, um, I believe that you also had Milwaukee, if I'm not mistaken, or um, I, maybe you had Miami, but how many games did you sort of predict? I think I had the Heat in six. Um I just thought because of last season, they were able to beat the Bucks. if I'm correct. I thought, like, um, maybe the Heat would be able to beat the Bucks again. But I guess um, the the entirety of the Bucks roster was good enough to beat the Heat's roster. I think this series kind of proved that um, this isn't like a one-man show in Milwaukee anymore. And I think that's a good sign for the Bucks in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And it's getting to you, Matty. I believe you had the Bucks as well, if I'm not mistaken. I guess how many games did you predict? Yeah, I had the Bucks in seven. So it was actually kind of surprising to see the Heat lose in the sweep. Um, honestly, there's not much to say. Game one was close, and then they just got blown out three games in a row. Yeah, I mean, I believe I had the Bucks in six. I mean, they basically gave Miami no chance in the series. Game one was pretty much the closest they got to getting a victory. Obviously, Middleton came clutch with that shot. But, um, yeah, this Bucks team looked solid in round one. I guess so far in round two, it hasn't worked out. Hopefully, they can get things turned around. And speaking of the team, they are facing the Brooklyn Nets getting their series win 4-1 against the Boston Celtics. Obviously, that big game from Jason Tatum gave Boston that one win. I know I had Brooklyn sweeping this series. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum, like I mentioned, was the reason that didn't happen. But uh, this time, Nate, I'll start with you. I guess, what was your reaction and what, what was your prediction to this series? I think I had a Brooklyn in either five or six, mainly just because Jason Tatum can 
um, put 50 on your team on any given night. And he did do that. And they did win one of those games because he put up 50. But unfortunately, um, without Jalen Brown, it's just so hard for the Celtics to keep up with the Brooklyn Nets. It's going to be hard for any team in the playoff series to keep up with the Nets, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I believe they didn't even have Robert Williams for most of the series anyways. That's another loss. Uh, he was great in the play-in. Um, but I guess, Mete, getting to you, um, yeah, I guess what did you predict? Was it a Brooklyn sweep? Or uh, I don't know what you predicted, but I guess how did that go? Yeah, I went with the Brooklyn sweep. And like you guys were saying, it was just, uh, they ran into a 50-point Tatum game, uh, which didn't allow them to sweep. So, yeah. Yeah, it pretty much speaks for itself. And Terry, getting to you, I guess, what was your prediction on this series? If I was indecisive, I think I said uh, Brooklyn in four or five. Uh, having said that, I'll summarize it. Ran into Jason Tatum and they couldn't get the sweep. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the explanation for the whole series. Other than that, Brooklyn was just extremely dominant um, in, in the series. And I mean, um, yeah, that pretty much explains it. But yeah, Brooklyn was the better team. I guess we can move into round two now. Uh, we haven't given our predictions yet for each series. So let's go ahead and do that. Uh, this time we will start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, we'll start with the Philadelphia 76ers against the Atlanta Hawks. Um I guess we can sort of take a look at this from an outside of the series perspective as much as we can, even though it is one nothing for Atlanta as we speak. Um, I guess I can start first here in saying um, I think Philly still takes this series because I do believe Joel Embiid will still be playing. I believe they take it in six games. Um, I, I, pretty much uh, no one can stop Embiid. I don't care if you're Capella. I don't care who you are. Um, he went off for 39 in a game where he wasn't even 100%. If he was 100%, he probably would have gone off for like 50 like, let's just be real. Um, Embiid is that good. Uh, this Philly team, they will show their true colors in the upcoming games, I believe. So, yeah, I'm going to take Philly in six. But, uh, Terry, let me get to you on this series. Probably going to say the same exact thing, Philly in six. But I won't be surprised if the Hawks find a way to win this. I mean, we all assumed that they would have lost to the Knicks. And if they become the Cinderella story of the NBA playoffs this year, I won't be surprised. Yeah, for sure. This Hawks team is really proving people wrong. I'll get to you next, Mete. Um, I know you did like the Hawks last series, but what do you think about this series? Uh, I think their season comes to an end after this series. Um, I think Philly will win in seven. I think they can push it uh, to seven games. Um, I just think uh, I'm pretty sure Philly was one of the best defensive teams during the regular season, so I know in game one, they let up like 128 points against the Hawks. So I think they can um, fix up on defense and take the series. Yeah, I mean, if you look at all the quarters besides the first quarter, I know there was like a 40-something point score from Atlanta there. But Philly did tighten up the rest of the game. So I guess if they can just take that momentum from the last three quarters and sort of translate it to the rest of the series, I think they definitely have a good chance of winning. And Nate, finally, just getting to you, what's your prediction for this series? Um, I'm thinking maybe Philly in six or maybe in seven if the Hawks are able to kind of maintain their their shooting. I think that's a game for, I mean, this series for the Hawks is going to come down to um, how well they can shoot pretty much because in terms of inside, um, as good as Clint Capella is, Joel Embiid is just a better player overall on the inside. So um, if the Hawks want to push the game to seven series, even to seven, the series to seven games, or even win the entire series, they're going to have to be able to outshoot the 76ers. Yeah. And I guess I'll just try and uh, give some love to the Hawks, even though I don't think they'll win this series. Um, they got to win it as early as they can while Embiid is still not at a hundred percent. Cause as the series goes on, he should be getting healthier. Um, his legs should start feeling better. Um, yeah, so if they want to finish off the Sixers, they got to finish them off right away. Four or five games is how they're going to have to win. If it goes further than that, Philly will gain momentum and they should be able to get the, the job done there. So um, just moving on to the second series, the the 3-2 series, um, it is the Brooklyn Nets against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, as we speak, Brooklyn is up 2-0. They are without James Harden. Um, 
let's just uh, start with our predictions. Uh, this time, Mete, I will start with you. Um, I guess, what do you see happening for this series? Okay, so if you ask me when the series just started, I would have honestly put Bucks, I mean, uh, sorry, Nets in seven. Uh, like Nate was saying, it's not just Giannis anymore. Um, Middleton and Holiday should be helping out with the scoring load. So due to that, I'm, I'm going to give them a bit of respect and put this uh, at a six-game series for Brooklyn. <clears throat> yeah, um, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Uh, from what you've seen so far, you you definitely uh, think Brooklyn is the stronger team, and I get it. But, um, uh, Nate, let me just get to you on this. I guess what is your prediction for this series? Um, I think Brooklyn in six makes sense. Um. Giannis is still one of the best players in the league. There's also Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. I mean, if the the Nets weren't in like as good as they were, I'd say like the Bucks would be able to make the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bucks are that good, but unfortunately, the Nets are basically the big five plus a bunch of bench players that could be starters. So it's going to be really hard to keep up with them. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And uh, Terry, just getting to you, I guess, what's your outlook for this series? I go the same route as Mente here. Um, I'll show you the outlook I had at the start of the series. I believe it was Brooklyn and six. But after these first two games, I'm surprised if the Nets don't sweep or just gentlemen sweep these guys in five games. I mean, they look as dominant as they sound. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I believe before the series started, I said Brooklyn in seven. Um, I guess one thing that I do want to note is that, that, yeah, first off, I will be keeping Brooklyn in seven because, I mean, Brooklyn's first two games were at home. Uh, if you guys noticed, the crowd was insane in those two games. They they fired up their team. Uh, they really got them uh, really into the game. And, I mean, the Bucks haven't experienced that yet. So I think that we need to pump the the brakes, in my opinion, on like a, a sweet prediction or whatever, just until we see the Bucks at home. I believe that the Bucks are a much better team at home. They definitely can gain some momentum from their fans. Um, and I guess, yeah, if Yanis gets going and there's no one to stop him, I feel like that the Bucks can pull out two or three games in this series. Um, I definitely still like Brooklyn taking it, obviously. But yeah, uh, before the series, uh, my prediction was seven games. So um, let's just see how everything turns out. Oh, let's just move to the West now. The 1-4 series, uh, Utah Jazz against the LA Clippers. Um, this time, Terry, I will start with you uh, on this series. I guess just what is your uh, prediction going forward? This series has had no games uh, so far. This is actually a tough one. Um, both defensive-minded teams. I mean, you got... The system of the Utah Jazz versus that small ball lineup of the Clippers, if they do run it, um, I feel like it's going to be six games, maybe the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is a man on a mission. Paul George as a supporting cast. Then you got guys like Mont uh, not Monte Morris, Markeith Morris, I believe, and then Nicholas Batum. Uh, they're established vets. And then when you look at the Utah Jazz team, I feel like the system may put up a fight. It might be seven games. It might be six. Who knows? Uh, this is going to be one of the harder series to predict. And I'll just flip a coin and say Clippers in six. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you're right by saying this is one of the more difficult series to predict. Uh, Mete, let me just get to you on what you think about this series. Um, honestly, like you guys are saying, it's a really tough call. Uh, Right now, I'm kind of leaning with the Clippers. Uh, I know they were really shaky in the Dallas series, but like we were talking about, ever since they went to that small ball lineup, they got much better. So I'm hoping they can ride that momentum. And I believe Kawhi has a player option after this year. So I feel like if they lose this series, like his future in LA is a jeopardy, is in jeopardy, sorry. Yeah, um, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, uh, Nate, let me get to you now. I guess what you think about the series and your prediction heading in. Yeah, it's going to be kind of tough to call. Um, it depends on whether, I guess what everyone else said, depends on whether they decide to go with a small ball lineup and push the pace or if they decide to go with a more balanced lineup. 
Um, I think overall that the Jazz, they have the depth to keep up with the Clippers. Um, even if one guy is kind of cold, they'll, you'll see like Joe Ingles just put up a bunch of threes and then the Jazz will be back in the game. So it'll it'll be kind kind of tough to say, but I guess it'll probably be I'll say Jazz in Game Seven. Yeah, um, I guess just looking at this series, you can look at it a few ways. Uh, you can say, "Oh, the Clippers had tougher competition in Round One, so maybe they're better prepared for this series than Utah would be." That's one way you could look at it. Uh, you could also say uh, Utah just looks like the stronger team. Um, they were able to finish off their first series quickly. But I guess just looking at this series, it's going to come down to, I guess, the five spot. Because, I mean, both teams can score at a pretty even pace throughout the rest of their lineup. It's just the five spot is one concern I have for the Clippers. Um, Playing small ball might not work against Utah with a guy like Rudy Gobert in there. Um, I mean, he's a a pretty good defender. I mean, he's always up for Defensive Player of the Year awards. Um, He, like, I mean, it's going to be tough to get points on him regardless uh, I think that might give Utah the edge. Um, I might say Utah in six. I don't like it because of how good the Clippers can play. The Clippers could easily take this series in six. Like the series, pretty much a coin flip. Like just like someone said, just flip a coin, just pick a team at this point. I know most of you guys said Clippers, so I guess I'll go with Utah here. Uh, Utah in six, Utah in seven, something like that. Uh, that's what I think about this series. And then um, just moving to the two, three series, um, the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. I believe Phoenix is up one nothing in this series already. Um, this time, Terry, I will start with you on your prediction for this series. Um, who do you see coming out and how many games? Start of the series, I believe I would have said Denver in six. It might be a seven-game series, honestly. I mean, the way Phoenix played the first game, all the starters at least having – double-digit field goal attempts, and then all of them connecting on the shots. I mean, if you have a, maybe a half, two more games of that from Phoenix, uh, this might be a seven-game series. Uh, the Nuggets, they're probably going to have to rely on a couple of their role players consistently making their shots, unlike Monte Morris in that first game. But I feel like Monte Morris is going to have a bounce-back game as a role player. I'm not sure which game, but he will help out this Nuggets team. Yeah, for sure. Um, Nate, I'll get to you this time since you also predicted the Nuggets to win in round one. I guess, do you see the Nuggets winning again, or do you like Phoenix here? It's going to be hard to say um, whether or not the Nuggets can kind of um, repeat their, I guess, win, mainly because I think it's going to come down to um, bench depth again. If Jamal Murray was in, they they'd um, have a lot more of a chance, but um, without him in, it's going to be hard to kind of keep up with um, the the shooting that the Suns have. So I think I'm going to say maybe game seven as well for the Suns. And um, Mete, I'll get to you now. Um, I guess, what's your prediction for the series? Um, I went against the Nuggets in the first series, so... Just uh, due to my logic, I feel like Phoenix is the better team than Portland. So I think uh, Phoenix can win this series in five games. Yeah, I think Phoenix definitely is a better team than Portland. And I think that they will uh, get it done um, over the Nuggets, Uh, unlike Portland. um, I'm also going to take Phoenix in this series. I'll take them in six games. That was my original prediction heading in before game one. I just feel like Phoenix is a deeper team at this point. I think someone mentioned Jamal Murray. I think that's definitely a, a valid point. Um, he's one of their best scorers, especially, I believe, last year in the playoffs. He had some very clutch games for them. Yeah, I just don't see them having both the depth and the high-end scoring just to keep up with Phoenix. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to say uh, Phoenix in six uh, heading in. And, yeah, um, I guess that those are our predictions for round two. I guess we'll sort of update them on the next episode, see where they're at uh, in regards to the series. But let's just move into uh, the preview. Uh, we'll start with Tuesday's games here. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are at the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, the Hawks are up one nothing in the series. Um, the Sixers are favored by six points. So uh, clearly, they think Philadelphia can rebound. 
Um, I guess, Terry, I'll start with you. Uh, do you think the Sixers win? And if they win, do they cover? Um, if they do win, they will cover. I believe six points is pretty much a small uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? I don't even know the word. It's I'm a small for. amount of points, yeah. Small amount of points, basically, yeah. Uh, I feel like Joel Embiid is going to have a bounce-back game against Clint Capella. Uh, if the – how should I say this? If the Sixers want to win this game, they're going to have to limit Trey Young, and I feel like Ben Simmons could do a great job at that just because of his length at uh, his point guard position. And, yeah, I feel like the Sixers is going to win it. All right, Nate, just getting to you, um, how do you feel about this game? Can Sixers win? And if they win, do they cover six points? I mean, this is pretty much a must-win game for the 76ers. It's at home. You don't want the Hawks to get momentum in the series because then it could kind of – go downhill really fast so um also at the same time i think the 76ers are projected to have um better stats uh, overall at least on paper so um as long as the i guess supporting cast for the 76ers are doing well they should be able to cover yeah and Mete just getting to you on this game um the Sixers are home uh, I think they'll have a bounce back game. Like I was saying, they gave up 128 points, and I think their defense will come to play today. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also like the 76ers here, and I actually like them to cover as well. Reason being, the Hawks had that 40-point first quarter last game that will definitely not happen again in this game. There will be some defensive adjustments from the 76ers team. Uh, the game should clearly favor the Sixers in every way possible. Um, MB, like I mentioned, every game he will be getting healthier and healthier. There's no reason why this team can't win, and there's no reason why they can't cover as well. So I do like the Sixers here. Um, starting with the, the night game now uh, on Tuesday, um, looking at the Clippers against the Jazz. Uh, Jazz are at home. And they are favored by four points. Nate, I'll start with you this time. Uh, what do you think about this game? Do the Jazz win? And if they win, do they cover? Um, I think on paper, the Jazz should be able to cover. It's going to kind of depend on um, how well they can, I guess, guard uh, Donovan Mitchell. But um, Donovan Mitchell's not a very easy player to guard. So they should be able to win. But he, they may or may not cover. Uh, so um, you think Utah wins, but they don't cover? Yeah. Okay. Um, Mete, I'll get to you. Um, the Jazz are favored by four points, like I stated. Uh, does the Jazz win? And if they win, do they cover? Okay. So while we're talking about this series, I completely forgot to give you guys uh, the game prediction. I said Clippers, and I'm going to say in seven games. And... Um, I think the Jazz will cover. Uh, they went five games against the Grizzlies, and the Clippers played the only game seven so far. So I think they'll be fresher. And since they had more rest, I feel like they can take this game by four points easily. And then getting to you, Terry, on this game, uh, do Jazz win? And if they win, do they cover? I feel like Jazz might win just because of the fact that they had more rest compared to this Clippers team. And I feel like guys like Kawhi Leonard, they may be dealing with that chronic injury that they always talk about. And it may limit him in this game. We, but that's just my opinion. Uh, having said that, I feel like uh, the best chance for the Clippers to try and win this or keep it close, play that small ball lineup, uh, try to force Gobert around the perimeter and keep him outside of the paint. And that's all I got to say. Yeah, you guys just took the words right from me in terms of the rest component. The Jazz are much more rested than the Clippers are coming out of their respective series. Uh, Clippers got to get the early jump in this game if they want any chance of winning. But I do like Utah winning and covering in this game just because they're at home and they've had more rest. So um, that's what I see for Tuesday's game. Um, there is one game on the Wednesday slate, so let's get to that. It is game two of the Nuggets-Suns series. 
Uh, as of right now, the Suns are favored by six points. Uh, this time, Terry, I will start with you. Um, I guess, who do you like? When, uh, let me rephrase it like this. Will the Suns win? And if they win, will they cover six points? If they win, I, I feel like it's going to be more than six points. Honestly, I might have to change my uh, series winner from this. Uh, the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray, and I feel like the Suns are going to capitalize on that this whole entire series. So Suns in, uh, with the win and by six. All right, Matty, let me get to you on this. Do you like the Suns to win, and if they win, will they cover? Um, it was six, you said? The... Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the Suns will win because they're home, but uh, they've won by such a big margin in the first game that I think the Nuggets will kind of bounce back in the fact that they'll keep it close, but I don't think they'll win this game. All right, just getting to you, Nate. Uh, Suns are favored by six. Uh, do they win? And if they do, do they cover? Um, The Suns should win. Um, Weirdly enough, I don't think they they'd be able to cover this game mainly just because of, I guess, how the projections are looking. So, yeah, I, I would say that uh, the Suns won't be able to cover, but they'll still win. Yeah, I definitely liked the Nuggets to cover last game, but it didn't happen. Um, I definitely think this game is a lot closer than the first game. I think the Nuggets can adjust a little bit. They won't lose by such a large margin. I mean, they were winning the game to start. They just couldn't close it out. Nuggets could even take this game. Um, I think Nuggets cover for sure, whether they win or not. I think this game's pretty much a coin flip in my opinion. So I would side a little bit with the Nuggets because they are getting six points. So um, that's the end of our preview for Tuesday and Wednesday. And it'll be the end of the big time basketball episode. Um, just make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We post pics there. Uh, we post a lot of other content. So definitely go check it out. Uh, make sure you check out this episode on YouTube. Um, we have audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share. Uh, hit the bell on YouTube for notifications. Leave a review. All that good stuff. And uh, guys, thanks again uh, for this episode. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you.